Just give us one hour, and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. As a filmmaker, positive psychology coach, author, professor, and change agent specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cybers Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. On the show, she also focuses on military families and service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and other post-deployment civilian life reintegration issues. So, let's spend some time getting to the heart of the matter on Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good afternoon and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, where we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart. And this show is all about the heart. Today we're focusing on the concept of peacemaking. And within each and every one of us resides a warrior and a peacemaker. And depending upon our life experiences, depending upon how we were raised, what we were exposed to, we respond to life's events and life's challenges and the inevitable suffering that's part of the human condition differently. And my guest today is, is all about peacemaking. She's a very interesting woman. Susan Sosby was born in London in 1946. She is a trained nurse and teacher and has lived all over the place, including Norway, Kuwait, and France. Nursing was the only acceptable channel at the time when she was young, um, and she had a gift for healing that she possessed since she was a young girl. After the death of her husband, doors opened almost inexplicably, allowing her to use her, full, her gifts to their full potential for both humans and animals. And I want to just bring you on Sue and talk to you I'm, I'm so um, curious interested and aligned with what I'm I'm sharing and, and reading welcome hello hello Lisa thank you thank you for having me on the show thank you for being here and it's a very interesting timing uh, originally we had uh, Tony Burroughs of the intenders who is a, a friend of the show he was going to join us and as our producer called him to join the show this morning he said that he was helping someone transition 
to the other side. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what an odd confluence of events. Isn't it? Just. Isn't it? It is. Just amazing. Mm. And so much of the work that we do at Harvesting Happiness, you know, my my realm is the positive psychology world. It mm. is all about um, seeing the glass half full while fully understanding about this suffering business. You know, <laughs> that, that we, we don't get out of this lifetime alive without it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would love for you to share a little bit more about your journey and how um, your personal spiritual experience opened the, the gateway for these gifts that you possess. Okay. Well, if I could say just before I, before I say any more at all, I don't want to offend anyone. And I know that suffering is a huge, um, a, a, I was going to say concept. It's not concept at all. It's, it, it's you know, it, it's, it stretches uh, a long way. Um, and I don't want to be flippant about it in any respect at all. But it's very, it's very difficult for me to talk about um, some of the answers that I've found, um, and and not all the time being very, very aware of people that have have all sorts of awful suffering that in actual fact they feel they just cannot get out of. And let's be honest, maybe they can't. Um, and I think you're particularly involved, aren't you, with um, you know so, sort of the, the veterans, for instance, the war veterans, and 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 those people actually, um, that, you know, that are dying, that have um, all sorts of horrid things happening everywhere. Um, I think actually my um, sort of understanding of suffering as it is now probably fits every bill, but um, uh, I do understand that well, it's not easy for anybody to get out of it. Um, my my journey started really when I was very very young. Um, I clearly realise now that I had a healing gift that I didn't um, I didn't realise was any different to anybody else at the time, as so often you don't. Um, and then I, I later on I in fact from a very very early age I, I decided that I was going to nursing. And once again I didn't realise it at the time, but I understand that now to be. Um, the channel with which I took this gift. We weren't allowed to um, demonstrate it in any way. For, for, you know, th times of, were very different when I was growing up um, uh, uh, to, to what they are now. It wasn't that long um, ago, really, that um, you know, the I think the um, there was a psychic or a medium was the last one to be hung in England, and that really wasn't that many years ago. So. <laughs> Understand. I had to keep everything very under underhand. Even even when I was nursing, um, I, I couldn't put my hands on anyone and say, you know, let, look, um, would you like some healing? I had to do it in an undercurrent way, and I'm sure a lot of nurses are actually like that. Um, it wasn't really until um, oh, I should say about thirty. 35, 40 years ago, probably 35 years ago, that things really escalated for me. I became very sick. And um, just one thing happened after, after the other. Um, I, I became sick. I, I didn't really know how I was, I became, I went from being um, a very uh, lively, very um, energetic young woman who actually never ran out of energy, always the perfectionist, to suddenly 
almost overnight, becoming so, so very ill. Um, and I got angry and, um, you know, I wasn't only just suffering the pain and uh, of the illness um, and the fact that I wasn't the same person anymore, I thought I wasn't, um, I got terribly angry. Now, two things happened during this period of time, and it was a long period of time. On the first occasion, um, I decided that after some surgery, um, I wasn't going to take any, any... Are you there? We are together. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I wasn't going to take any pain relief. Um, I, I had a, this vision that I could get through pain. And uh, I, I was fed up with going on, you know, sitting on the seesaw that was one minute sort of um, <laughs> not really uh, awake to the world because of the, um, uh, all the drugs that they were giving me. And on the other hand, in screaming agony. But I decided that that's the way that I wanted to go. I'd rather stay awake and be in agony. And then suddenly something happened. And I started to analyze um, quite consciously what it was that I was going through with the, with the agony. Um, obviously, pain is um, a, a normal um, bodily function. It's, 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 it protects us. Um, it, it's meant to be there. It's all part of the, the nervous system. But I knew that there was something beyond it. And I kept looking and I thought, well, this pain is actually uh, not the pain isn't in my mind, but I had to find out what is it that you are, what is it about the pain? Why, you know, how can you, what are you frightened of happening? And then I suddenly decided, well, the worst that can happen, um, the very worst that can happen is that I can die of it. And as soon as I decided that, I thought, that's okay then. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just carry on as we are. So that was really awakening, a slight awakening, number one. But it wasn't enough because um, quite a while down the line, again, I was um, lying down as I so often was in those days, trying to get up, couldn't get up very readily. And I was literally shouting for help. I don't know where I thought the help was coming from, but I was screaming for help. And then I just heard the words. Well, so I, want to I want to jump in here. Sue, I need to jump in here and ask you a couple of questions because we are going to be going to a break. And I want to just clarify a, a, a couple of things. That your role as a nurse um, before you went through this pers personal journey was to um, help the terminally ill and dying. No, so it you, wasn't. You had a, that was afterwards, in fact. It was I, after? When okay. I was actually still sick, very sick, okay. yes. Okay, well, I just want to I want to clarify that the part of the awakening that it sounds to me that 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 happened then is you had gone through this uh, awakening of your own pain, your own suffering, that you were then became aware that this concept of pain, discomfort, suffering was um, not just in in the body, of course, but in, in the mind, and it was where in the mind the powerhouse where yeah. you could draw strength to then transform what was happening to you physically. Yes, absolutely. And we have a, um, one of your fans has uh, written in, someone by the name of Poppy okay. wanted to thank you that um, he or she has read your book and found it incredibly inspirational. So I just want to share that with you. That is lovely. That's lovely to say that. Thank you. Thank you, Poppy. Yes. 
Yes, thank you, Poppy, for sharing that. We are going to go to a break, and I, before we do so, I want to give your contact information um, mm-hmm. for our listeners to be in touch with you. Reflectionsbeyondthought.com. Once again, that's reflectionsbeyondthought.com. And our guest is Sue Sosby. And let me spell that last name for you. It's S O S B E. And when we return, we will come back and we'll let you carry on with your story, which is so inspiring. But I want to make sure that our fans know how to reach out to you. So here comes the two, here come the tunes. We'll be right back. Okay. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on t-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, I'm here today with Susan Sosby. And Sue is um, she's a nurse. She's a healer. She has had um, a spiritual awakening uh, resulting from experiences that she's had in her life that she's sharing with us today. And continuing the conversation, Sue, you were explaining that you had undergone a physical illness. And during the process of this illness, that the pain which was so great, um, you had a revelation that the, the worst thing that could happen from the pain was that you would die of it or from it, mm. and that shifted and changed your perspective. It did. And it that's did. what I find so fascinating, that, that turning point. And if it, you could it, talk about that and, and how it applies, it's relevant to contemporary life, to anybody's pain and suffering. Well, it isn't just it isn't just that. It's 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 how fear comes into it. Um, fear, you know, we were talking. You you introduced the program talking, uh, and we were talking about peace as well. Um, all of these things come together. Fear. Um, you realize how we're always in living in fear, and mm-hmm. fear fear causes suffering. And suffering causes lack of um, peace. <laughs> um, lack of peace is probably not the, not the right word really to to to, to use. Um, it prevents it it uh, clouds the peace 
that is within us. So it's it's fear that I discovered um, that I was I was I was frightened of something, and then I began to realise that actually a lot of people are frightened because at that stage I was already doing a lot of um, healing, ha hands-on healing, and I realised that. Um, and particularly with people um, with cancer, um, people that were just, you know, lots of them that were sadly um, finishing their lives. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's fear. Um, we, 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 we never look at, the, at what we're frightened of and, and actually we're, we're fearful of something that probably won't even happen. You can't fear something that's happening, can you? I agree. In fact, I, I gave a talk once, a TEDx talk, about the mysteries of fear. And this subject resonates personally because I have chosen um, to use the fear that presents in my own life as a catalyst for change. So whenever I get into that fearful place, which happens as part of being human, I sure. say, okay, how can I, how can I transform this? How can I make something more powerful from it than mm. allowing it to overtake me. Mm. So I, I, I really, um, I, I, I love the subject matter of fear. The answer is to let go. <laughs> to the surrender? It's, it, it, is, is it to the surrender or is it how can we use it as a, an art medium? How can we use it as clay and mold it into something that sits more comfortably with us? Um, mm, do you know I've not really ever thought about that one? Um, <laughs> mine, mine is let go, let go. There is nothing to fear. Um, there is only, uh, you know, we hear it so many times. So many of us are saying the same thing, you know. Um, and I suppose some of us say it in one way and some of us say it in another way. And we hear it so many times. There is nothing to fear but fear itself. Um, and I really do believe that now. And do you know, I, I, I'm really, how old am I? 67, going on 68. And yet I feel now that I have learned so much in these, I was going to say last few years, the second part of my life. And fear is one of the things that I can't say that I, I have a total handle on. And I'm not talking about the fight fright mechanism mechanism obviously that saves lives that's so quite different i'm talking about things that haven't happened but we somehow think in our brain they might happen maybe we're going to get burgled maybe we're going to get mugged maybe the you know maybe our daughter our son or is going to drown maybe you know maybe the plane won't get there all the time and when we go to work it's we sit on the bus and we fear, um, we, we think, we don't think that it's fear, we think, gosh, here we go, 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 everyone is in a rush, everybody's trying to get to work, trying to do, and then they're, they're under such pressure once they get to work, um, and that pressure is actually fear. And, and the fear is you. The, 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 well, the fear is, is, is toxic, except when we're talking about that fight or flight response that, that mm. you know, our body takes over to keep mm. us safe when we're in yes. harm's way. But the, the fear that most of us carry around on a daily basis is, is toxic. It, it is kill, it kill, it's a killer. It kills oh. us. And when you said kills us, you actually 
have used the right words because um, fear uh, is part of stress. And anyone that's read my book knows that I am in full recognition of the fact that, well, I believe that's why I became so ill. And unfortunately, still um, not, because of the, not because of the stress, but the, it has damaged my body. And I, I'm, I just believe that probably all illness is, is caused through it. And the, yes, and the research, you know, medical research is compelling to support that. Mm -hmm. More and more uh, research is being done on the relationship between stress, lifestyle, and illness, and not just in the obvious ways, you know, that if we don't eat properly, you know, it, it, it enhances our risk of heart disease, mm -hmm. or if we do drugs, obviously we're damaging our bodies, but that the role of stress, anxiety, and fear because of what it does to the immune system and to the, this, the uh, biochemical systems in our bodies taxes us. It taxes our yes, organs. It does. And you, um, I mean, I realized um, for me, um, you know, like so many people are now, I was such a perfectionist and working and working and working, you know, I'd work at all hours. I always wanted to make everything perfect and um, always give perfect lectures, always improve a lecture. Um, and uh, lo and behold, you know, uh, no one can say that, no one can prove that, that, that it's, that's what it is. But I've, I've looked back, I've looked at people, I've now done my own sort of research, not, not in a, um, a professional way, um, but, you know, I have so many people that up until fairly recently were coming into a, to an actual healing clinic that I had. And I see the same thing and I hear the same thing over and over again. And, and I think, gosh, where are we going? You know, this is, this is suffering. This is yes. suffering. Um, uh, mm. Tell me. Tell me about the healing clinic, because I find this fascinating that you had a, a mm. base station um, to which people could come and mm. seek your counsel, to seek mm. your laying of hands to mm. help them. Mm. Well, it's, um, uh, as I say, it began really when I was a very young child and I, I realized, you know, I was very, very, I was very um, receptive to um, and perceptive to people's pain. Um, it, it, it was not an easy childhood because of it, really. Um, and then later on, um, uh, of course, I, I knew as I, as I was beginning to, to grow up, I knew that I did have um, sort of a gift and I was you know, quite, um, quite psychic in lots of ways. Um, although I preferred not to develop that, um, strangely, I knew where I was going. I knew that I was a peacemaker, and I knew that that was my life, that was in fact my my path. Don't ask me how I know it; I have no idea, um, hmm. but I did. <laughs> and uh, um, my husband, um, my husband died. Very, uh, we had a very short relationship, and unfortunately, and he he died eleven years after. Um, when my daughter was really very young, and in during that time, uh, when I did actually have total um, total freedom of, of fear, I have to say, which is quite strange, but um, it was almost as if um, something happened. Um, a friend actually that knew nothing about 
my healing abilities. I didn't speak about it at all. I, um, she, she really just didn't know, know that part of me, but she has helped me during the time my husband was very sick. And uh, one day she rang me and said, um, I, you know, that they had a rabbit and the rabbit, uh, the vet had said that um, he couldn't really do anything more for this rabbit. They could either have it put to sleep or he would just continue to, to, to give it some medication or whatever it was, but there was nothing he could do. And she just said to me, I just wondered if you could help. And I thought, well, where did that come from? That was strange. So it, he said, of course I can. <laughs> and that it, was it. So the practice was born of somebody else intuitively tapping into a part of you. Totally. Um, to help uh, an animal, which I, yes. I, I, and I think that's the way it goes. You know, it's somewhat mysterious, yes. isn't it? We still, the, the friend of mine still marvels at it because I said to her, how did you know? And she said, I didn't. And, um, and I, I knew she wouldn't have done because I would never have discussed it with my husband. Only the strange thing was that my husband had a lump on his forehead and I knew it troubled him. And I put my hands on it and it disappeared. But he never, ever said to me, oh, <laughs> you've made this go. <laughs> and it wasn't until, oh, a matter of weeks before he died that he told somebody else. Um, uh, and it was very sad because it was something we could have shared together. And he, in fact, he, somebody had said they'd been to see somebody in the way of a healer. And they, he said, why did you not go to Sue? <laughs> Wow, we're going to go to break. So we're going to go to break. I'm talking with Susan Sosby, and she is the author of Reflections Beyond Thought. You can find out more about her work at reflectionsbeyondthought.com. And here come the tunes. We'll be right back, and we'll carry on the conversation about the mysteries of healing, uh, intuition, and that sixth sense that we all possess. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to fight. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life. Available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. 
Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download this podcast on iTunes. It's free, easy, available 24-7, 365 days a year. We are talking about The Inner Peacemaker with Susan Sosby, who is an author, and she is also a healer. And prior to the break, she was uh, sharing the story of how she began her healing practice. She is a nurse by training, and she was aware from a very young age that she possessed um, some very special gifts to help others heal. Primarily, I'm assuming, Sue, by the laying of hands. Yes. um, I have to say that now I don't do so much of that because I I seem to be healing in other ways and and I'm mainly healing, (laughs) i.e., as we're sitting and talking now. Um, and I, I, I go and give live talks to, um, to small groups and larger groups if, it's, if they're required. But um, at the time and for many years, and in fact, I was just helping somebody the other day, um, it is literally um, placing my hands on someone's body um, um, just as I am directed, actually, <laughs> um, to, to be honest, it's, it's very strange because since I have not been as mobile as, uh, as I was, um, I find that I can literally just put my hands on somebody's head or somebody's shoulders and um, the, the energy that comes through me just um, um, goes to them. And I don't know how it happens. I have no idea. I don't have any, I don't have any fancy names. I'm just... I, well, for, I have to, to, to call myself a healer and a spiritual healer because that's effectively I, I, what, what I'm doing. But um, I don't understand the energy. I know a lot of people do understand the energy that they're dealing with. Um, I don't. I've never, I've never been able to see it in the same way. I can feel it, but I, um, I just instinctively know that I'm doing the right thing, and. Strangely, more often than not, sometimes I'll just be out during the day and I feel such an urge. I just have to touch somebody's shoulder. And I think a lot of us do this, you know, and and Mm. unwittingly. Um, And but sometimes I might touch where um, I don't mean inappropriately, but I I may touch somebody whereas others perhaps wouldn't. And I would know, I would just know that that is doing some good. Um, and then people again, quite, uh, uh, it's, it's very strange really, because someone came to see me the other day, and this particular person, yet again, um, shortly after I came back, I've been living in France, and I haven't been back uh, living in England for that long, and this person um had had an accident and I'd only met her once before and she rang me and she seemed to know that she could come to me um, and then I just sat with her and put my hands on her and put my hands on her head and she felt a lot better and during this time when I actually had a healing um, a healing surgery a healing clinic as you might call it um, it wasn't just it wasn't just a laying on of hands. It was um, again it was direction that came through my mouth really, um, as I hope is happening now. Um, I'm directed what to say. 
sometimes it's just a strange feeling in my mouth and I know that the words are needed. Um, so it's, it's not just the laying on of hands. Sometimes it's just being with people. I find, and I, when I was, when I was uh, younger, I used to write to, to people, um, people that were in need, and, and apparently they found immense help. So it, it, does that sort of answer your question, or do you have a better understanding? It does answer my question, and it, uh, I wanted to add that notion of being a, a peacemaker, that your role and, and responsibility as a peacemaker and each of our individual roles mm. to bring peace upon us. Mm. It's a challenge for some. It is a challenge, um, but I think if we don't, if we don't um, come to the challenge, our world is going to be in a pretty sorry state soon because all of us complain that our governments, that the world is, you know, some people complain more than others and they think, you know, the world is in such a ter is in such turmoil, it's in such a terrible place. It's, and it is, but we can do something about it. And what, what we tend to forget is that we are an essential part of the trauma and the tragedy that is happening in the world today. We are an essential part and we will never have world peace until we find peace within ourselves. And that is not difficult. It's, but we have to have the intention to do it. How beautifully said. Um, you, you, you're aware of the work that I do with, with veterans, and I also work uh, quite a bit with addiction. And one of the things that I have truly discovered with addiction challenges is that the addiction, of course, is the mask or the veil for some suffering that is so deep and so frightening to the individual mm -hmm. that when they begin to tap into that place, the release of it becomes the challenge. It's like, okay, they decide they're going to get help for the addiction. So they, they come into rehab and recovery programming. And then, then what's been held for so long begins to come out and they feel ill and they feel frightened and they feel uh, challenged by the notion of finding peace and happiness in spite of, and I'm thinking of one case that presented itself last week, a young woman said, well, I was born into a cult. I was, my parents had me to be a slave, a sex slave. How oh could I be, ha how could I be happy? Oh and I said, goodness. well, th this is horrible. You know, I'm so sorry that you had to experience this. And there is no way to go and reconcile what was, but can you be transformed by it? Mm. And that's, to me, in the face of extreme adversity, because that's probably one of the most extreme cases I've heard. Mm. Um, how do you find your smile? Or if not your smile, at least your balance, so you're not self-destructing. Your balance. Do you know, um, when I first started to speak to you, when you were introducing, introducing me, and, and I said I wanted to be sure that people knew that I was 
totally sensitive to all suffering, regardless of how easy I'm suggesting it might be. Um, it's not easy, of course it isn't. The concept is easy that the, the you know, to, to be able to, what we have to do to say it is simple, but it isn't so easy because we are, we have such a mindset now. We don't actually necessarily want to let go. Sometimes we're hanging on to something, you know, we, we, and, we, and we don't, and it takes a very brave one to walk down that path and say, do I really want to be relieved of suffering? Do I really want to be relieved of my illness or my anguish? Do you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting. It um, is. Because that's the identity, you know, we've, we've lived our lives for X amount of years, brandishing that is the identity when it is not who we are. It's not our, we're not, it's not our essence. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And, um, you know, when you, you spoke about this poor lady, you know, and my heart goes out to her, but do you know, it's these people that have taught me more, um, that my, the message has been so uh, remarkable. For instance, um, I will never forget um, seeing a, somebody on the television just post tsunami, the mm -hmm. l l huge tsunami, and this poor man had nothing, absolutely nothing. And of course, we kept seeing the picture, didn't we, over and over again where this was happening. And they interviewed him and they said to him, you know, well, sort of, what are you going to do? And he said, well, you know, what can I do? But he smiled and he had a twinkle in his eye. He says, I have lost everything. And that's the thing. When you have nothing, that's when you really start to pick up. Mm. When you have nothing. When you have nothing, when you have nothing is uh, that nothingness creates the space and opportunity for magic. It's been my, my own personal experience and one of the ways to help others see the possibilities for themselves. We are going to be going to a break and when we return, we'll continue our conversation with Sue Sospi and we're talking about healing, suffering, adversity and the notion that we can be true peacemakers within ourselves and that much like Gandhi said, you know, that if we are not uh, uh, practicing nonviolence with ourselves, practicing peace with ourselves, we can't expect to live in a world mm. that is that utopian peaceful place. Mm. So it starts with, with us. We'll be right back to learn more about Sue Sospi. You can go to her website, Reflections Beyond Thought. Com. Once again, that's www.reflectionsbeyondthought.com. Here come those tunes. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Everyone likes to win. 
Enter our weekly contests at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook, where we give away our guests' books, music, film, and products each week. In addition, we also do great Harvesting Happiness giveaways, like free coaching sessions with Lisa Cypress Cayman, Lisa's Books, Happiness First Aid Kits, H-Factor Where Is Your Heart documentary film, Happiness is an inside job products, including the Sterling Silver Infinity Bracelet that benefit Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, a nonprofit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. Join us at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook. Do you like Lisa's take on happiness, well-being, and human flourishing? Join us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress Cayman will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for more details. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to the fourth segment of Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. Once again, you can download this podcast. You can play and pay it forward to friends and colleagues. Let them know that the power of happiness is alive and well on the airwaves and how important it is in our daily lives to create happiness, to create joy, to create the world in which we wish to live. And my guest, Sue Sosby, is doing just that. She is a peacemaker. She is a nurse. She is a healer. And she's learned through her own journey about the ability to transform suffering and discomfort through releasing fear. And Sue, prior to the break, we were talking about this process of um people who have been through horrendous trauma and and the um, emotions that they hold on to that perhaps keep them stuck in the difficulty, in the darkness, as opposed to the leaning into and releasing of, which brings more light. Mm. Yes, I... I um... I, to take it just, I, I think yet again, it's that's a very difficult um, um, area for me because I, mainly I, I, I think when people have been through such terrible traumas, they have to, it's, it's in, I've just observed that it's when you actually reach the, the rock bottom um, and I think the light comes probably gradually I don't think for these people it's going to be sudden and and I think that's where mankind where where others help for instance in the same way as you are assisting this this lady and in the same way as I assist people to gently show them I don't think it's something that um, when you are that low that you can necessarily or you may do, but you, you may not necessarily just suddenly 
come up to the light. You know, it's, it, they've been through such traumas, haven't they? Indeed. And that is, you know, having a facilitator or a coach or a partner or, or almost a way shower, a light shower, you yes. know, or a light shiner to so. help one see what we can't see when we're in our despair. And I think very often, you know, because that's the facilitator is exactly what I call myself. I don't call myself a teacher because I don't believe I can can actually teach spirituality, but I do facilitate. And um, I think in this particular in, in these particular aspects, you know, if, when we share love, we uh, something it's so powerful. Love is so powerful. And if we can gen genuinely share love with these people, um, and, and I mean, we can show love as a nation, we can show love individually. Um, and when we do it individually, it's so powerful. And, and that can, and, and medicine, <laughs> sorry, and medicine that love in of itself is very powerful medicine. Mm. It's, it's miraculous, miraculous medicine. Yeah, I totally agree. Indeed. And let's talk about how choice figures into this and how as facilitators or um, light shiners that we can help others see that some of the healing um, lies in the ability to make good choices, to apply love to those areas that hurt. Well, I think the first thing is, is to recognize that we all do have choices. And it was very strange because when I was writing my book, I, I was suddenly taken up and I thought, oh, well, <laughs> we're going to hurt somebody here because, you know, what kind of a choice does a, does a, a man have that's in a tsunami or in an earthquake or and hanging on with his fingernails or hanging on to, you, you know, over the rushing water? What choice does he have? Does he really have a choice? And it really made me think. And, and, and I wouldn't have written anything. And then I said, yes, he does have a choice. <laughs> it doesn't matter how dire the choice is. He's sort of done if he does and done if he doesn't. Um, there is a choice. And sometimes uh, the choice works and sometimes it doesn't. But we do choose. We can choose, as you know, with your research, we choose to be happy. We just, we don't just be happy. We choose to be happy. I wake up every morning and, and um, you know, it hasn't always been the same for me, but I wake up every morning and, and, and I say hello to the day. I'm happy and I'm so pleased to be alive. But that's a choice. I could wake up and think, oh my goodness, today's you know, not a good day to come. But I don't. And, but it's a practice. I think that this is um, also a form of spirituality, you know, the ability to recognize that we have this choice and mm -hmm. that when we make this kind of choice uh, that is towards the light, you know, a more positive, that doesn't mm -hmm. mean we don't have bad days. And I don't want to minimize mm -hmm. anybody who's listening. We are not minimizing that, you know, the suffering. Because mm -hmm. the suffering is present, but mm -hmm. the way we relate to this issue of suffering is, in a sense, the issue itself. 
because once you've survived it, once you are the other side of it, and the torment is something that's going on internally, that that is a choice being made right there. And you because, will be the other side of it. Yes, because the, the event, it, like you said earlier, that the once uh, the fear of something that has happened, once it's over, it's gone. You know, you you can't go back, but the reminiscence to that place to that event can trigger some of those same responses over and over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and if you live in the moment, and if you really do live in the moment, if you, if you rather than looking ahead and, and looking at what might happen, um, it's the same with the peace. You know, when, we're, when we're creating our own peace, we are being in our own peace. And this creation of peace is a very um, powerful, it's a power tool in its own right, I think. It is because um, peace is energy and energy is very forceful and you you can't stop it here or there, the same as love, if you give it out and then it, it affects other people. But if you give out hatred, and then that affects other people as well. And that's how well... It's expensive. <laughs> it's emotionally expensive to give, okay. to give out hatred, to perpetuate a story that does not serve us individually for our highest good and for those around us. Because like you said earlier about it being positively infectious or negatively infectious... Mm-hmm. And, and if, do you know, have you ever had an argument with anyone, you know, maybe even your, you know, your, your children or, um, um, or, or, or anyone really where you felt very strongly about something and the more you get into it and you think I'm, there's, some, there's some days where you, the, the energy is such that you, for some reason, you, neither of you are giving way and it just perpetuates and gets worse and worse and worse. And at any time, I say to people, at any time, you can control that because people won't argue with you. They can't fight with someone that's not fighting. You're not a loser. You're just a peacemaker. Just be there. I love the the image that comes to mind, you know, about the children because I have two teenagers myself and I do find myself from time to time I will get into a loop with them and then I think, what am I doing? That's you know, and then I... I chuckle. I chuckle to myself. You know, like, what am I doing here? I'm, my heart rate is elevated. My blood pressure is elevated. I'm hopping mad for really, in the scheme of things, nothing. That's Just brilliant. Stop. The loop, yes. <laughs> teenagers right will do now. that to you, right? Mm. Give you a bit of a strange look when you do stop, too. They do, because part of their dance developmentally is the engagement, you know, using their, um, at their actions as these swords to exercise their, their power muscles, you know, I, you know, you don't, you're not going to tell me what to do, mom. Mm. Mm. You're right. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to show you a, an easier way. Absolutely. Well, you, <clears throat> the peaceful way you have been an absolute delight and I'm sorry I've got a little frog in my throat here hold on one second while I clear it out of the way hold on 
We have run out of time, dear Sue Sosby, and I want to make sure our listeners know where to find you. To learn more about your magnificent healing work, you can visit, dear listeners, reflectionsbeyondthought.com. Again, Sue Sosby can be found at reflectionsbeyondthought.com. And I wanted to also share a very um, uh, endearing factoid that Susan is a luminary for inspiremetoday.com. Uh, for which I also blog and contribute. And we have run out of time, and I want to uh, share a few thoughts before we part. And that is that happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my guest today, Susan Sosby, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Sue. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Join us every Wednesday morning live at 10 to 11 Central Time here on TogiNet Radio. Then harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with free downloadable podcasts available at iTunes. To learn more about Lisa's filmography, felicitation, and philanthropy, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Each week... Harvesting Happiness presents engaging trendsetters, exploring our world through science, art, medicine, media, music, philosophy, politics, and the human heart, whose perspectives on life are sure to inspire, provoke, and engage. Lisa's diverse guests are a proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Like Lisa says, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and following us on Twitter at hashtag Harvesting Happiness. Then join us again next week at this same time on the TogiNet Radio Network.